Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates, there's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table and hopefully we will see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach L over there in Brevard. Welcome, Coach. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And Coach and I go back, and now I look at it, 20 years. Uh, we coached against each other 20 years ago, uh, and, and now we get to reconnect after a long, long time. So it's great <laughs> great to have you on. Um, let's My start, pleasure. Yeah, let's start talking about uh, – you know, you had a long history as a D2 coach, now D3. So let's talk on the recruiting trail. You know, what is kind of your calendar now in terms of recruiting? Are you rapid? Is the 23 class done and you're looking at 24s? Or how, how does the timeline look now? And is it different from when it when you were at D2? Yeah, actually, I started my career at NAI. I was at Union College for many, many years. So uh, I've experienced a little bit of everything. And uh uh, I'm still young at D3 uh, to the extent that um, I, I may change my answer maybe in a year or two. But uh, uh, my experience has been that uh, in D3, you're always recruiting, you know, because uh, technically, uh, if there's a good player and he's interested in the program, we want him, you know. But um, uh, my, uh, my career, I did coach a little bit of women's soccer and probably the answer would be different for them, you know. Sure. But yeah, my cycle should be close to the end, but it's still open. Okay. Well, <clears throat> you're in a gorgeous part of the country uh, <laughs> there in North Carolina. So what are some of the, the areas and tournaments that you go to to look at players and, and kind of really get a lot of that domestic recruiting done? Sure. Um, it, it's it's not that it's necessarily these only, you know, uh, we'll go where we need to go. Um, I, I do have, I'm fortunate that I do have three uh, young men under me, uh, assistants, uh, that we can cover ground. But typically we try to hover towards these tournaments that are a little more regional, but yet attract a bigger crowd, you know, i.e. the Disney's, the uh, rallies and, and so on and so forth. But there's always a little local uh, either ID camp or tournament that we get an invitation that will come and, and, and check it out. But um, uh, one thing I'm sure you're going to ask, you know, but uh, one thing I, I put a ton of emphasis and I put a ton of value to is a kid reaching out to us. So oftentimes, something that we weren't planning on going to, we will because of that interest and because we see the preliminary information that it's worthwhile. Yeah, no, and, th and that's definitely something I tell people. You got you to gotta do the outreach, right? Um, 
Although one thing about your roster it, that's a little bit different from from a lot of Division threes, to be honest, is you got quite a number of international students. Um, so I guess twofold. I know you you did a lot of international recruiting at at Lincoln Memorial, but what? How has that kind of transition um, in terms of where you put your focus and and why such a such a big focus on the international recruiting? It's not that I put focus on it, uh, but it, it's because you, you do have a reputation and a name out there. And I don't want to give away my age, but you, you <laughs> do this uh, long enough that all of a sudden you have a former player that now coaches fill the blank, you know, either at another uh, country or another uh, recruiting service or whatever the case might be. But uh, and crazy as it sounds, I'm coaching some uh, kids that actually are the sons of former players, you know. So, uh, but sometimes it's a little deceiving because our sport is so um, influenced by, you know, uh, a diverse crowd that uh, sometimes you see a name in a, a country listed there, but this is a dual citizen, a kid who actually is an American citizen, uh, but you know, family lived or he grew up or whatever the case might be in another country. And oftentimes they say, hey, coach, list me as an Italy, but the kid's American, you know? So yeah, it's a little deceiving, but uh, I don't put one ahead of the other at all. In fact, uh, some of my biggest success stories, kids that reached the MLS and, and, you know, just became big time players, they're Americans. So I like good players. I don't care where they're from. <laughs> I, can't, I hear that. Well, what about camps? Do you guys do your own ID camps? Do you or your staff participate in other camps? How important are they in your recruiting process? Yeah, and, and the D3 thing, again, I'm learning it, but uh, it's so important, right? Because you don't have the tryouts. So yes, we do several ID camps throughout the year. We just had one a few weeks ago and uh, I'm about to post the next one. It should be around about in early May. Uh, it's very important for several reasons. And, and now I'm not even, I don't even charge that much. You know, if I could, I would make it no charge, but there are rules about that. So uh, I just charge a minimum fee to, to stay compliant. But um, the bottom line is this, um, regardless of how close or far you are from a campus, when you go to an ID camp, you have... An opportunity to see the settings, of course, an opportunity to get a tour, hopefully. But uh, um, that interaction with the coaches is as important as anything you want to do. You know, of course, you should check the academics. You should check the settings. You should check the, well, the facilities uh, as well. And that's part of the ID um, model. But, but that interaction with the coach is so important because at least that's the way I do. I, I bring a, a number of kids that we tell them, guys, today we're going to run a college session, you know? So those kids are going to have an opportunity to see what does he do on a given day, you know? Not that every session is equal, but at least have an, an idea and how we, we communicate, how, you know, because that's, that's a big part too. Uh, I, I think it's a dating process, so to speak. You know, you're, you're, you're trying to get to know who you actually going to end up dating, you know? So uh, it, it's a big commitment. And, and if you go flying blind, um, you might make a mistake, you know? So ID camps, I think are super important. Yeah. 
for sure. Well, what are, whether it's at an ID camp or, or watching a game or whatever the case may be, what are the things you're looking for in a player? What's that hierarchy, whether it's on the field or off the field stuff? Yeah, and I get this question quite a bit. Um, th there's one position that I'll say, all right, this is a different one, which is the goalkeeper. Uh, for everybody else, I don't go positional, you know. I, I look for um, a bunch of things uh, because it, it, it has to match your um, playing style, to which my philosophy is not like, all right, here's how I want you to play deal with it is the opposite is bring good players and we as coaches will, will adjust to you you know so we have the picture on the back of the lid so to speak on a puzzle but you know we might have hey this is how we want to play but there's no sense in, in enforcing either a formation or a system or whatever the case might be that the player is not, not producing you know so good coaches will change from year to year, even during the season that we want to hide, so to speak, your weaknesses and, and showcase your strengths. That's how it is. And we'll develop the, whatever weaknesses. But the common thread that I look for, you know, uh, this is a, a, a an athletic sport. So you got to have some athletic trait. You know, some people are stronger, some people are quicker, some people are faster, whatever the case might be. But if you have a no, no, no on the boxes of different, uh, it might be a struggle, you know? So that's one thing. The second thing is because we try to play a possessing style, because we try to showcase midfield and just just build numbers up front, we want players that have a good, um, like a touch, good intimacy with the ball, that deal with pressure well enough that they're not what I call the hot potatoes. You know, hot potatoes are the guys that get the ball and get rid of it because I don't want any, any. I don't want to make mistakes, you know, quite the other way around. I don't mind mistakes at all. I like players that have personality. Obviously, there's a, a, a fine line between freedom and, and being a ball hog, so to speak, right? Uh, I like, you, you're going to laugh. I like talking to kids. I like um, meeting the kids because I like, assertive kids and it's not necessarily they're shy kids that are very assertive uh, it, it's a it's a, a thing that's a, you've done this a long time it, it's it's not exact science that sometimes uh, the quietest of the kids they step on the field and they they transform themselves you know but i like assertive players players that they want the ball players that communicate at least what it needs to be communicated you know you don't need to be blabbing the whole game long but <laughs> if you never talk you know uh you you, you might not be as good uh you, you might not make the, the players around you a, a better players you know so that's the thing and then there's there's no such a thing anymore hey i play back so i just gotta defend hey i play middle you know there's no such a thing you, you gotta be able to play all phases of the game and I always pick on my players saying, what are the phases? And they always say, ah, defense and uh, offense. And they, they cannot even, you know, and I, I kind of uh, use those teachable, I'll even say, you know, there's five phases, you know, there's a offense, there's defense, there's transition to offense, there's transition to defense, but there's set pieces, and which is a lost art anymore, right? So players that can do multiple things in those phases, they're valuable for any coach, you know? So these are the things I look for. Keeper, completely different. <laughs> yep. 
Absolutely. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more about the school itself. Uh, you know, actually, one of my players when I was at Oakland City, his brother had gone to Brevard to play, mm -hmm. so uh, a little bit familiar there. But uh, you've been there a few years now. Um, kind of give us what's the what are some of the excellent things, the awesome things that you like about Brevard that maybe I'm not going to learn just by going through the website. Sure. I mean, it, it was an, a, a really unique situation for me because you mentioned that I, I was at a, at a D, D2 school before here, but it was in Tennessee. So if you look on the map, Tennessee is very close to North Carolina. Even Kentucky, where I was the, the school before, is really close here. So long story short, the president that was my president at my school in Kentucky came to, to Brevard, gosh, I don't even know, man, uh, maybe 20 years ago. I, I may be mistaken, but uh, maybe 15. Uh, but when he came, yes, 15 years. When he came, he brought my wife. So I was married to a, a, a young lady from Kentucky. <laughs> so, so he brought her, and we had such a great experience in, in Kentucky. But at that point, I had already moved to the school in Tennessee, and I am very, very loyal to, to my program. I'm... I'm so much so that I only have, have coached in three places. So me and my wife made it work at least for seven years that I was coaching in Tennessee. She was here in North Carolina. But all those seven years, I was looking from distance. Then it's not that far, you know. It, it was one of those situations that I'm, I'm during the week, I'm in Tennessee, and on weekends we see each other. But I saw the transformation of the campus and the college and, and the ambition, you know, and that president kept saying, come on over, come on over. But I wanted to finish what I started, you know? So I came over here four years ago, five years ago, and, and um, we really saw a, completely transform, a complete transformation of everything from academics. Now the school is ranked number four in the South, Southeast, which is really amazing. But, but my experience in Kentucky and then in Tennessee was this. There's three things that I always want to provide to my players. I want them to have that experience that I think is important for them. Academics, of course. The settings of the town and, and, and you know, being a college town and being the, 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 the settings of the campus. And then the soccer program, of course, you know. This is the first time in my career that all three of those things are in great shape. This is a great little college town. We're suburban, whereas my previous two schools were very rural. Um, and being a suburban, sometimes it, sometimes city can be a problem, you know, but it's in, in that perfect situation that is the college, uh, the city itself has everything a college kid needs, but we're like 15 minutes from the big city, bigger city, you know? So the airport is 20 minutes away. My gosh, that makes such a difference, you know? I mean. My, my kids that fly, say, from Florida, uh, I don't even leave campus until they land. <laughs> I mean, such a refresh, uh, refreshing situation that I, by the time I get there, they got their luggage, you know? So little things like that. So, But the beauty of the place, my gosh, you know, is this this uh, town is called uh, the land of the waterfalls, right? So there's 250 waterfalls here. So the beauty of it is a touristy place. So lots of people have a, a getaway place here or they come for a weekend or whatever the case, but that means restaurants are good. There's stuff to do. And, and 
the facilities, I'm blessed. I'm very, very blessed. There's probably division one schools that don't have the stadium that we have, the locker room facilities, the field house, you know, and that's why I came, you know? And, and uh, so I think it's a great little balance of these things that a college kid is looking for, I think. Yeah, no, that, that that's a great description. Well, one thing, especially like a parent like me, when I think about schools, I got to think, okay, how much is this going to cost me? Uh, so just give me a rough overview of kind of what the cost to attend is, what scholarships are available, obviously not athletic, but what kind of merit, academic, what is a, an average student athlete coming in, looking at paying and, and just kind of a brief overview of that. Yeah, the school, because we're ranked so high in the Southeast, the, the school is showcasing all the, the states in the Southeast. So a kid from Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, any state that touches uh, North Carolina is considered quote unquote in-state. So all those kids immediately get half tuition, you know, and, and we're, we're not open admissions, but we're also not so hard to get in that the, the requirements are so high and also that's a great start, you know, a kid that gets maybe an extra academic scholarship, an extra merits or whatever the case, or some financial aid, you know, the true, the true states or states, you would have to be a North Carolina kid, but the federal grants or whatever the case, they put all those things together. This is quite affordable. You know, the school itself costs 43 tuition room and board, which yes, it's expensive, but in the D3 world, I think it's not quite that high. But because of these things I just told you, at the end, you know, at the bottom line, which is what parents normally look at, is, is quite, quite affordable, you know. So, um, and, and the school also does a good job with these little opportunities that along the way you come here with a certain package, but then along the way you're producing, I'm talking academically, socially, whatever the case, you start picking up little other opportunities and also... The, the goal is always to to get people here with the least possible um, debt, right, in loans. But, uh, but yeah, they, they're doing a good job. Okay. Well, we talk, you talked a little bit about academics there. And, you know, we got to put the, the student in the student athlete, right? So how does Brevard support the student athletes as they try to balance playing a sport and their academic side? Yeah, I mean, uh, if I if I don't tell you a couple of things, uh, my wife will kill me because she's the <laughs> vice president for student life and she's behind a few of the, the things I'm going to say. But one of them, there's something here called early alert system. So when a freshman comes, they have first a success mentor because oftentimes they don't know what major they they, they, they want, you know, so they not always it's a smart idea to put an advisor in a department yet. They might be still searching, you know, but that person, me, the faculty athletic representative, of course, the, the compliance officer, because there's an eligibility issue, and your teacher, they're in the early alert system. So if, if a student misses, a, say, a class without the elements of uh, notification because it was a game or, you know, it was apart from a game, um, we get an early alert. Uh, if, you, if you do poorly in an in a exam, I get an alert, all of us do. 
If you don't turn in an assignment, we get an alert. So the, the whole point is to be proactive and step in and say, hey, can I help? You know, what's going on? Are you sick or whatever the case, you know? So that to me is a good approach because instead of trying to play catch up, we catch things before they happen. We're small enough that there's tutor available for every class, uh, which sometimes in bigger schools, not only that's not the case, but some of them charge, you know? So it's not the case for us. But uh, there's a new program that my wife is behind that I'm very excited. It's called Career Advantage and it starts this coming fall. So when an when a, a incoming student says, hey, this is the career that I'm, I'm shooting for right now, and that might change. They're going to have weekly meetings with, uh, uh, I don't even know what she's going to call that person, um, that they are going to map out step by step, because it might look like an internship at some point. It might look like, a, uh, I don't know, let's uh, have a, a public speaking course that you take on side, you know, a co-curricular class, whatever. But, but they're going to make you, at the end of your four years, uh, extra transcript. So you get your diploma, you get your transcript, and you get what they're gonna call a co-curricular transcript with everything that you've done for four years. And that's individual, which we're smart enough to do that. So that means when you apply, say for a professional school, right? It could be a physical therapy school, whatever, uh, or a job or, or a master's or whatever you're going to have something that makes you stand out. Uh, we don't know of any other school, and, and forgive me if, if um, somebody listening to this, hey, we're doing this. We haven't seen it, you know? And, and um, so that's going to be very unique, you know? So all those things, I think, um, make that, that hey, there's, there's something special there worth considering. No, it sounds amazing. Well, in terms of, your student athletes, exactly. Let's take it back to the fall a little bit. Can you just quickly walk me through what a normal week looks like uh, for a player in terms of class, practice, games, all that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, you were in D3, you, you played D3. You know that there's a little bit of a, a separation between fall and spring, right? The fall is busier, it's your season. The spring, I'll be honest, that was my biggest disappointment when I came to D3. But the good news is we just passed that rule. I'm sure you know yeah. that this coming uh, spring, not this current, but next spring, we're, we're so much more, uh, there's so much more participation. But being as it may, fall is still going to be a little more um, demanding. Um, the usual NCAA thing that you can use six days of the week, and we do, you got to have one day off and we do in the spring, even if you burn all your number of practices as is in the model right now, you can only go up to five days a week because it's so thin right now. I'm going about four times a week and I'm starting after spring break. We're, we're in spring break right now. Next year, that's going to be a little different, but it's still going to be less, less busy. It's what I tell my parents and my players is, is there's a good busy and a bad busy. You know, the, the bad busy is the one that you always playing catch up. You, you always, you feel like you're trying to dig a hole or dig yourself out of a hole. You can never do it. You know, that's why your grades start hurting or you always feel like you're behind. You're late for class. You're late for practice. You're, this is the good busy. Because let me tell you one thing. There's one thing I learned because I've been there. You've been there. 
if you got too much time, you don't get anything done. <laughs> Let's be honest, you know, you need to have a little bit of a pressure. So this is the best busy. It's the one that makes you stay honest, makes you stay, and it gives you the tools. All right, here's tutoring, here's whatever you need. But it, it, it allows you to, hey, I don't need to be Superman here, right? Uh, the team GPA, so the stock is cheap. Team GPA is 3.2. I think that's quite good for men's soccer. Quite good, you know? And, and um, uh, it's, it's, it's a weird calculation. This, this, it's 100% graduation in my world because the federal government calculates that difference, you know? There's guys now taking five years to graduate and whatnot, you know? But guys are graduating. That's how I care, you know? Yeah, well, especially with the COVID stuff, the graduation timing and right. all, all willy-nilly. But let's, uh, you know, one thing I want to ask you about was uh, roster size. It looks like you guys have a fairly large roster and do a reserves. Is that right? Right. And I see this quite a bit in my conference. Maybe that's a Division three thing. I don't, I don't know if it is a fair statement. But I think I can say this with a, a big enough um, – like a study sample because I was at a, at a school in Kentucky that was small, a school in, in Tennessee that was small, and now I'm at a school in North Carolina that is small. They, they need the enrollments, right? They need uh, numbers. They yeah. need uh, so uh, the the balance that I created with me, my athletic director is yes, we have a first team, yes, we have what we call the reserves squad, but I don't. I don't want to get to the point that a kid that might find himself on the reserves says, I, I don't have a shot. I'll never be up there. Or a kid that is in either squad will say, man, I'm not playing this year, you know? So none of that. So it's in the 20s for both. It's exciting and it's humbling that last year it got close to 30 in the first team. It's a little... I'm trying to do away with that for this coming year, but but again, I'm not going to turn away a kid that, man, I love the school. I'm a good player. I, you know, we'll make it work, but I don't want to have 40 in one of the two squads by all means. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, coach, you've you've been super generous with your time. We've talked about a lot of different things, but the last question I want to leave you with is if there was one thing that you could communicate to, to parents and players that are in the recruiting process. Uh, what, what's that one nugget that you want to make sure they all know or, or that, that one piece of advice you want to give anybody looking to play soccer in college? Yeah, I mean, we're not able to find everyone, you know. So it should, the, the, the burden shouldn't be on the coaches to find you. The burden should be on new parents and on you, you know, young men to look for the schools. And you need to have a plan of attack too, because this thing about, hey, let me send a million emails and, and uh, you know, whoever bites, bites. No, you need to have an idea. Do I want a bigger setting? Do I want a more? Because otherwise, I go back to the dating thing. Uh, if you flirt with everybody, let me tell you, you're not getting any of them. <laughs> they'll, they'll find out in a hurry that you're, you're, you're really not worth. So, yeah, have a plan. Have, it's okay. Hey, let me get a few communication elements with maybe a bigger size, a smaller size. That's okay. But narrow it down quickly and understand one thing. If, if you always have that approach that it might be greener elsewhere, you're going to miss great opportunities, you know? Just just uh, realize that when you find a place that really 
resonates with you, it's over. Go, go for it. But take that first step. It's okay if if um, you want to go to showcase with an open, right? Uh, hey, let me let me give it a shot. But until you start communicating with the coach, that's at least my philosophy. I, I think a coach wants to see as much interest from you than, than you want from the coach. That's my, my 50 cents. <laughs> well, I love it, coach. Coach L, it's been great catching up with you. Uh, glad you. to see you're doing well over there in Brevard and uh, really appreciate the time. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate you doing this. This is so awesome. No, thank you. All right. We'll be in touch. All right.